0: Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. And this is just like we're talking about here. If we divide mean squared treatment by mean squared error, and I mentioned this last time as well, we're going to get an an estimate of how much extra variation mean squared treatment's accounted for. And remember that mean squared treatment, the expected value is tau plus epsilon treatment plus error variance. And mean squared error, the expected value is error variance. So if we divide this by this, we're going to find out how much extra variation mean squared treatment is measuring. Okay. You see the logic of this? Does that make sense? Right? It's the only way. I mean, you might say, "Why don't we just subtract this from this?" But that we don't. We could standardize it that way. This this allows us to sort of standardize everything. So, in other words, we're going to we're going to get an estimate of tau of treatment effect. So, variance due to treatment effect. That's what we're doing. And that's precisely what is done in analysis of variance. That's what you're doing. You're dividing one by the other. That's all it is. OK, questions so far? It's not that, eh? OK. So the F is mean square treatment mean square error. F is for Fisher, by the way, the guy who developed the, the, the test, uh, R.A. Fisher, who was a noted biologist and statistician. If you've taken intro biology, you've probably R.A. Fisher. <coughs> he was a pretty important guy in biology, but also a pretty important guy in statistics, so good on him. So the expected value of H.O. if F, sorry, if F, if F H.O. is true, and we just talked about this in the quiz, is going to be 1, because Epsilon divided by epsilon is 1. Right? Because tau is 0. What's the expected value of F of HA is true? What's the expected value of F of HA is true? Yeah. just greater than 1. We don't know how much. But it's greater than 1. and I talked about this last time, it really can't be less than one. Does it happen sometimes? Sure. When you're calculating this, yes, because you violated some assumption, or you made a math mistake. That's also possible. Um, but if it comes out of uh, uh, a computer input, which, by the way, you can learn all about that tomorrow with Jenna and NW205 at 11.30. What about SPSS. She'll help you set up the data set, all that good stuff. Show you how to do that, how to do a test, how to do a 118 nova, you know, nice good stuff. So, if it comes out that you got a, a value below zero, or not below zero, that's impossible. you got something really bad happening there. That's that's the math stuff. Um, if you have a value, though, that's below one, you might look and say, well, how much below one is it? If it's 0.9 or 0.8, you don't care. Uh, it's probably just a small assumption violation. It's no big deal. If it's like 0.0 something, you should be really concerned because you violated some assumptions so grossly that something that should be impossible is happening. Right? It should be mathematically impossible. It's only going to be possible if you violated the assumptions. So if H.O. was true, then mean-squared treatment by mean-squared error be <coughs> distributed as F. With degrees of freedom for treatment and degrees of freedom for error, so there's two sets of degrees of freedom here, not just one. Remember, there's just one with the t. There's two sets here: one for the numerator, and one for the denominator. Okay. If not, we'll be distributed sum of And this is why we look it up. So when we get the value of f, we look it up in a table and see if it's different enough from a critical value, if it's greater than a critical value. When it's below that critical value, we say we don't have enough information, enough evidence to say that it's not distributed this way. Right? But if it's greater than that value, we say, gee, it's really unlikely that it comes from this distribution. It must come from some other distribution. In other words, H A must be true. Okay. So, if HO is true, mean square truth by mean squared error will be distributed as F with degrees of freedom for treatment error. If not, it will be distributed some other way. You don't know really what the other way is, but as long as it's not distributed this way, then HA is, well, then you at least you reject HO. HA isn't necessarily true, but you reject HO. Questions about that? The same kind of decision rules you use with Z and T. Now, we get these things called sums of squares, and we get these things called we get degrees of freedom. And we want to split them up. And it's called partitioning the sums of squares and degrees of freedom. The sums of squares are the top part of the equations for mean square, and the bottom part, degrees of freedom. You divide sums of squares by degrees of freedom, and you get the mean squares. Okay? So, sums of squares are just the total squared deviations from the mean. That's sum of, sum of squares total. It's the total amount of squared deviations from the mean. Okay. Sum of squares total, and that's going to equal two things: sum of squares treatments plus sum of squares error. Look at the model. Well, this doesn't vary. So there's no sum of squares for the grand mean. It can't be. It can't vary from itself. Right? There's some of the scores due to treatment and some of the scores due to error. So we just have deviations in the grand mean equal the deviations from the treatments, the treatments from each other, and the deviations of individual scores from their group needs. Okay? And I'll show you this sort of mathematically in a set. So There's also a total amount of degrees of freedom. And think about it, you have big N. We use big N here. The total number of observations in an experiment. We've got big N observations, and we're going to do variance, so we're going to lose one degree of freedom, like we always do with variance. So we have big N minus one degrees of freedom in total. And then degrees of freedom for treatment must equal the degrees of freedom for treatment plus degrees of freedom for error. We have to account for all the degrees of freedom. So we're going we're to try to sort of split the sums of squares up and split the degrees of freedom up, and the degrees of freedom go with the sums of squares to calculate the f value. Questions so far? Okay. So more precisely... Looks like this. This shouldn't scare you. All I've done here, look, I'm putting into mathematical notation the same thing we had before, right? That I just said that I had words. Look at that: individual scores minus the grand mean squared. That's all that is: individual scores minus the grand mean squared. We sum them. That's why it's called sums of squares. Hence the name, right? So. Is the G, then G for G grand? stands for grand mean there, yeah. That's right. Now, so that's the, that's the sum of squares total. This is the sum of squares for treatment. These are the treatment means, x-bar sub j. j can equal 1, 2, 3, 4, whatever, how many groups you have. So this is the mean for group 1. Minus the grand mean squared. The mean for group two minus the grand mean squared. Mean for group three minus the grand mean squared. And we multiply all of that times n, which is the number of subjects per group. We just weight it that way. Okay. So what was the last
1: half of the equation? The summation.
0: Yeah, we, we add up.
1: Plus the summation, summation, what is that?
0: The, don't well, if I forgot there yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to do that, I'm about to do that. <laughs> not do that. So, no worries. So, the idea then is that all we've done is we've taken the group means, we've subtracted the grand means squared and, and summed them and multiplied times that. Okay, now. Individual scores within each group Minus the group mean squared. Individual scores minus their group mean squared. So all within say let's just pretend here that the so my left, your right, half of the room is one group. It's all of your scores minus your mean squared. We get that all done. And then we so that's one, that's part we done, and then we do this this group here, all your individual scores minus your, your mean, your group mean. Squared and then we add those two quantities that we got for both groups together. That's where the second summation sign comes in. So would you have like three summations or
1: four summations? You and can. If had more groups. No,
0: no. This is general. For this doesn't matter how many groups there are. This is this is. There could be two groups or four hundred groups here. This is as long as there's only one independent variable. It would be at least four, locations. So less. That's the fine. How many groups you uh, Yeah, right there. Uh, yeah, I well it's the J goes from one up to K, and there are K groups. I didn't write it in because technically I didn't want to get confusing people that were kind of frightened of notation. But technically, it should look like that. J goes from one to K. and uh, it's just it it clutters things up and it, it, this is a- that looks familiar to you. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'm sure you've seen that before, yeah. So all we're doing, we're getting the deviations from your group mean, squaring them for one group and all that kind do it for another group. So there's your sum of squares, and in fact, if you are somebody who really likes proving identities in math... One could do this, and you would get that. You can take my word for that as well. But if you really want to do it, you go nuts, you expand those, and you do, them. <laughs> and you'll find out in fact that I'm not lying to you—that this actually works. Summa squares total, sum of squares treatment, sum of squares error. You might have heard it called between groups and within groups. Now. How many degrees of freedom does this have? This has big N minus 1. We have set, one. we have fixed one value to do that calculation. That one value we fixed is X, uh, X bar sub G, the grand mean. Right? We fixed one value, X bar sub G, the grand mean. How many values have we fixed here? This one's tricky, actually. Go ahead. Um, N and the group mean? And, the don't mean. worry about N. That that's um, exactly vary. That could be number of subjects. But we so. can. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I was just going to say the group, the grand mean. And, the grand mean. And the J.
0: No. See, that's the part where it's tricky. Thank you for <laughs> taking the chance, though. I appreciate that. Because almost everybody says that. Yes.
1: Is it the big N minus
0: the K thingy? We, we will get to the big <laughs> okay. N minus the K thingy, which I don't, I hate we use technical terms like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Then.
1: Would it be the number of groups
0: minus the number of degrees of freedom? Well, depending on how many groups? It's going to be the number of groups you have. And then you fit. You have one degree of freedom you've lost. See, this is weird because these are means. Yeah, go ahead, Sophie. You seem very excited. I know. I think I do. I'm hoping I
1: do. Okay. I'm kind of cheating here. Well, it's like cheating to actually
0: read. K-minus. That's not cheating, that's called school.
1: Yeah, i just going through my yeah. old notes from stats. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's exactly
0: what it is. It's K minus 1. You have K groups, and you've lost one degree of freedom. Now, I know you look at that and say, but those are means on this side. How, how would you not set those? And that's, that's what Amanda was basically saying. Because they don't know their means. Remember the numbers don't know okay. where they come from. So to calculate that variance, there's only one thing you have to set. So if I said, and we can do this right now, let's say there's two groups. Let's say there's two groups. And let's say the grand mean is five. So we've got a grand mean of five, two groups. What would the total have to be when we add them up? Well, it would have to be ten, because five times two is ten. So let's set one of these. Oh, let's make it three. Oh, that's got to be seven. We've only lost we've lost one degree of freedom. Even though the three and the seven, which is a three and seven, is a good song, um, we still have to it, right. Nobody. Okay. Great. Even though their means, they don't know their means. It's these things to think of that. But the numbers don't know where they come from. We did, however, have to say that which is this here. And Amanda, what you said is, what almost everybody always says is, well, that's a mean." Of course it was fixed. No. It doesn't know it was a mean. Yeah, Dave. So do you ever lose more than one degree of freedom? Yeah,
1: sure. In the...
0: Not here, no. No. Not doing one-way ANOVA, no. No, there are cases where we're going to have all kinds of funny degrees of freedom. And this is how you figure it out. You say, what did I fix to do this calculation? Now, for the final one here... By the way, does everybody understand what we have k so with k groups with lost one degree of freedom? Does that make sense to do this? Look, these, these look like variance calculations. That's what they are. That's so what's called analysis of variance. Now look at this one here. This one's kind of different. How many groups do we have? Oh sorry. Within each group, we we have to do a variance, don't we? Because right? that's within group. It's like each score minus its group mean. So to do that, how many people do we have in each group? Little n. And to do each one, we've lost the degree of freedom. And we have how many groups? We have k groups. So it's k times little n minus 1. You say, that's not what you have written there. You have big n minus k. Yeah, I know. Which equals KN minus K. And K times N is what? Well, that's the number of groups times the number of observations. Oh, that's the total number of subjects. Right? They mean the same thing. k K times n, you have k groups times n number of observations per group. Well, that's the total number of observations. Right? So these are your degrees of freedom for groups and for error. Or treatment and error. Treatment in group or there's all kinds of different ways to say it. They all mean the same thing. And all these are, are variance calculations. That's all All of them are. Okay. Questions so far? hope that made some sense. What you get when you finish this kind of thing is you get what's called an analysis of variance summary table. <coughs> so you have source of variation degrees of freedom, mean square, and the fw. The source variation between groups, you might see treatment. Within groups, you might see error, you might see residual. You might see within cell, sometimes in between cell. And then you have the degrees of freedom. So you have k minus 1 for between groups, big N minus k for within groups, and big N minus 1 in total. To calculate the mean squares, you get the sum of squares divided by the requisite degrees of freedom. There should actually be parentheses here. Sum of squares between groups, or sum of squares treatment, divided by k minus 1. Sum of squares within groups, or sum of squares error, divided by big N minus k. The F is mean squared between groups, divided by mean squared within groups, mean squared treatment over mean squared error. They all mean the same thing. And when you do, uh, with any stats package, when you do an analysis variance, you get an analysis variance, sorry, it prints it out. You get a whole bunch of other information that um, you don't need to know, which it, is mostly useless for almost all of the time. There are special times, sometimes, when some information is useful. It'll say things like model and intercept, just to call that. Up. But this is what gives you, it used to be, there was a time where you actually, you did an analysis of variance, you included an analysis of, an analysis of variance summary table in you know, a paper. Nobody does that anymore. What they will do is they'll report the mean squares. Yeah, David.
1: Just to get it straight, so mm-hmm. the, the K is how many numbers of groups there are, yep. and the N is how many individual number of observations in total of all groups? The mm-hmm. yeah, yes.
0: It's a big end. So you need to figure out the means and the variance between each individual. To, to do the calculations, so you're going to have to find out the sum of squares for between groups and within groups. To do the between, you need, um, which is that's the easier calculation, because that's, now the calculations are hard. It's the less tedious calculation. You need the mean for each group. And then... You do the square uh, from each one and put like, you know, sum of squares and multiply times and little n, the number of observations. Whereas with the sum of squares within or between or within groups or error, whatever you want to call it, you've got to do the sum of squares for each group and then add it to sum of squares for this group over here, right? That's more tedious. There's a lot more time to make mistakes. That's why on that assignment that you have that's due on on Valentine's Day, thank you. Um, you can celebrate getting the assignment done by overpaying for flowers. Um, <laughs> it's a scam. I don't a scam. Um, <coughs> that's why there's only like, what? There's four groups, I think, and five observations per group or something like that. I didn't want... I don't want you to prove to me you can do arithmetic. I'm working on the assumption you can all do that. right? If you look at those formulas that I had there... It's a pain to do, but you can do it. It'll probably take you an hour, which you'll go, I want that hour of my life back. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, not, it's not too much to worry about. You can sit down and do it. Right?
1: So in an, an exam or test, are you going, I guess we would have to, I suppose, to have to deal with like 16 observations or something I wouldn't do that.
0: that. No? I, would, I wouldn't do that. I, I'm working under the assumption you already have to do arithmetic. Yes. How does everything we just learned fit into this? I don't really see How do you mean? Like, where does that giant equation on the last slide fit into the ANOVA table? On the left side of what? On the last slide. Oh, on the last slide, yes. Okay. So that mean squared between groups, that's the middle one. That's the one that showed the divided by k minus one. That's this. Mean squared treatment. That's and so. mean square between groups, mean squared treatment mean the same thing. There's actually, I'm, I'm purposely changing the, the short form because you'll see both of them. Uh, and then the one on the far right, the one that has uh, the two summation signs, that's this one, mean squared with n mean squared error. And we're going to divide mean squared treatment by mean squared error to get our f value, which is our test statistic. So it's the same as like with a t-test, you've got, you know, x bar minus mu over s divided by root n. This is kind of like what you do here, except it's got it's it's got more parts to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is the critical value always a .0.25? You always use .0.5. Um, I mean, no one doesn't use .0.5. The nice thing about this, you know, with key tests you're always worried about like. Is it a one-tailed test or a two-tailed test? This isn't. This is a many-tailed test. Uh, it's not a one- or two-tailed test. You don't have to worry about that. You just look it up. You look up the critical value. If it's greater than the critical value. So when you think about the assignment that, you have that, I, that I gave you, you have how many? You have four groups of four. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So you have four groups. So k minus 1 equals 3. And there's four groups of four, so that means there's 16. So big N minus 1 is 15. So big N minus K equals 12. So the critical value you're going to look up is try to exceed to see if there's an effective A. That's what I, I asked that question. Is there an effective A? What I'm asking you is, are the group means different in some way? So what you're going to do is you're going to look up the critical value of F with 3 and 12 degrees of freedom. At .05, that should be there. What's that equal? Who's got a book on it? There you go. Look at up. In the F page. 3 and 12. 3 and 12 degrees of freedom. 3 for the numerator 12 for the denominator. 4.47. Yeah, there you go. Know. So the critical value is 4.47. And then when you do the calculation... Is that right? No, because she's. Like oh, sorry, it's I 0. did. 6.05 table. You need to. Yeah. Okay. So. You're 3.49. 3.4. Okay. There's a four in it, so. So you look. Uh, you do your calculations. Is do you get a value that exceeds 3.49? In that case, does it exceed 3.49? Yes. The, 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 all of the groups are not equal. That's the hypothesis you're rejecting. If it doesn't exceed 3.49, you say we fail to reject hl Right. You should be able to look at those numbers and figure out in advance roughly are the groups different or not. Because you should be able to be able to take some averages yourself. Right? Take a look at them and say, what are are these averages going to be? You know, you have to do the means anyway to do the calculation for within groups and for between groups. So you have to take the means anyway, look at those means and say, those look different to me. And if they do, then maybe it should be significantly different. If they don't, then they shouldn't be. And then there's the question where you just do... um, you do an analysis variance again, and the nice thing is you've already done a lot of the calculations, so it's not too much of a pain on just the last two groups, right? And then you do a t-test, and again, you've done a lot of the calculations already, and then I want you to find out what the relationship is between f and t. You guess or figure it out, or Google it. Does that make sense though? I think that's what interacts are trying to see this. See that. So you look it up at the table, it's the same thing you do with normal, I don't
1: care anymore what you say about me. I don't hear you at all. I'm not- Not real if all my memories erase I don't think about us as for my mental state It's just an online oh